Between Malachi and Matthew, there's a page there that shows us how to run cross-reference. I don't have nothing else to preach after my nephew, my grandson was here this morning. And uh, I'm sure he told me two or three days ago about the road to Emmaus. I was going to preach on that tonight, and he preached on it. But uh, he told me about studying about that. And uh, I was talking to him this afternoon. He told me, he said, Papa, I sure did have a good time preaching this morning. And uh, I appreciate you loving him. I appreciate you letting him come. And uh, he can, God is using him all over the country. And it's absolutely amazing what God is using him to do to get into the public school. I'll be careful what I say because I'm on the internet. But uh, it's absolutely amazing the doors that God is using him to get in those places and sharing the word of God. And man, it's amazing. It really is. I forget how many he said he had saved last year uh, through the ministry of the public school. And uh, I'm telling you, God is using him not only to preach, and he can do that. Uh, the Lord helps him. But not only that, he's wrote some of the best songs I've heard in a long, long time. And uh, not only good singing, not only writing those good songs, but also he sings them, he plays the guitar. Everybody in my family sings, and everybody in my family just about writes music, words, and songs, and everybody just about plays something. And when God gave that out to my family, when that come to me, he looked that way. <laughs> he didn't give me nothing. And, uh, but anyhow, I appreciate that this morning. And if you're turning between Matthew and Malachi, just go back about six books to the book of Nahum. And I want you to look there with me tonight, the book of Nahum. If you have a Bible, Schofield Bible, that's 952. Uh, if you don't have a Schofield Bible, go to Matthew, and you'll go back six books. Uh, if you can't find it then, go to the book of Genesis and go forward 33 books. And if you hadn't found it then, just look down and fake it. <laughs> All right. And uh, I want to talk to you out of this book tonight. I want to say it's a real joy to be here tonight. And uh, you that's out in the best of you, there's probably a security team out there, I guess. Uh, but whoever's in the best of you tonight, uh, I will see that you get a raise. If you'll get me two pieces of that apple pie. <laughs> Somebody say amen. And uh, I'll get you a double raise if you'll put some ice cream on it. <laughs> Amen. And uh, man, that, uh, but anyhow, I've had apple pie already in the service tonight. How about you? Didn't y'all get what I just said? It's better than apple pie, I'll promise you that. I've heard this choir sing many a time, and, uh, but I've never heard you sing any better than you sung tonight. I'm telling you, that was great. That was wonderful. And uh, I've heard you sing a lot of times. Uh, I have preached here one, two, three, four, five. Tonight will be 15 times. And I will tell you, that's probably the best I've ever. You always sing good. You always do good. You say, why don't you write all that down? Honey, you get us all time, you better write it down because you'll forget what you said and what you, what you preached. So anyhow, uh, it is so good to be here tonight. Boy, I miss the preacher, don't y'all? I do, him and Miss Tammy, and I'm glad they have uh, this time to get away to kind of clear their minds and help them during this time. And uh, I love your passion. I think you know that. And uh, what a man of God. And I'll say this to you as a church tonight. God will tremendously bless you, and Calvary Baptist Church will reap the benefit of him being gone and you giving these days off and what you've done for him. Uh, man alive, I enjoyed the, was it the 50th anniversary? 30th. 
30, I knew it was 50, 50 uh, the 30th anniversary. I really enjoyed that service that night and uh, I sat there saying to myself, God will bless that church for what they've done for that man of God. And I want to say this to you tonight, you cannot be too good to the man of God. I mean that with all my heart. The churches I pastored down through the years, almost 40 years of that, and uh, the churches I pastored was always good to me, and God was good to them, and God blessed them. And, uh, and I appreciate what you've done for him and his wife, and what a blessing. And uh, I, I, I thought about, I'm not going to do it, but I, I thought about taking some pictures of some houses and send it to him, text it to him and say, look what they've done to your house. But I'm, I'm not going to do that. And he's probably watching me right now. But anyhow, I'm not going to do that. But I appreciate your pastor. Now, what a blessing, what a man of God. I'm not just a preacher, but a man of God. And I appreciate him tonight. Good to be in the service tonight. Good to see a lady back here. I pastored 40 some years ago. Now, I know I don't look like him, but 35. <laughs> say man, brother, 35. He ain't going to lie, are you? And uh, Miss Osi back there, good to see her. And uh, her and Hatley and her daughter there tonight. I said, where's Wayne at? Wayne Brown, where's he at? Is he outside smoking <laughs> over here? And uh, I was their pastor 40 some years ago. And uh, man, I can't hardly believe that. I went back this morning and preached in Trap Hill, North Carolina. You know where it's at? And I got my wife up the road from there 51 years ago. And uh, man, Lord have mercy. Uh, I was around when Noy was around. Amen. <laughs> Nahum chapter number one. Got any water? Preacher said the other day, a preacher that has to have water while he preaches, his sermons are dry. <laughs> I disagree with that. Let's stand together, please. Man, you've had some good men of God here preaching since the pastor's been gone. Is this his second week of being gone? And uh, I, I'm excited. He'll come back, man, on fire, jump in the pulpit. He already does that, don't he? Amen. And he stirs me up. I mean that. He gets me excited. Uh, he came to our home church, my home church. Him and Miss Tammy talked. Uh, a lesson to the preachers and preachers' wives uh, several months ago. And uh, I, I, I can't even say the words that he used talking about how we ought to be excited about coming to church. Thrilled, excited, stirred up. But that, that's not the words he used. He knew something about this alone. And I, I wanted to tell him yesterday when I texted him uh, that we was going to have a good time tonight. I, I, I knew some words, but... Mine was them 25 cent words, and, uh, but I love him. Thank God for a man of God that's excited. And thank God for a church that's excited. And I want to say this tonight. If you go where I go and see what I see, you'll come back thanking God for your church. I mean that with all my heart, and I, I appreciate the goodness of God tonight. Nahum chapter one, so everybody there say amen. amen. Notice in verse number three. Again, good to see some visitors tonight. Brother Bay McLean's daughter and her husband over here. What a blessing to see you folk tonight. I preached for her daddy a long, long, long time ago. Had some great revivals with her mom and dad. And man, I, I'm glad she come up and told us tonight, that's kind of shorty, ain't it? <laughs> Show you what he just said. He said, that's why he gave it to me. 
But, brother, I can't open it. <laughs> this one's full too. I like that clock back there. I really like that clock. The last time I was here, I'm going to read I am. The last time I was here, I texted the preacher two, three days after that, and I said, where did you get? No, put that clock back up. I like it. <laughs> I said, where did you get that clock? And uh, he told me, God, Amazon, what that is. I don't know what that is. My son does. So I told my son, I said, I want one of them. And my wife and I sleep in the red zone every night. <laughs> you have to cut the lights on, see how much light that makes. You say, why'd you get one that big? Honey, when you get my age, you want large. I, I have large print. Nahum chapter one, here we go. Bible said in verse number three, the Lord is slow to anger, great in power, and will not, acquit, and not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. The clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry and drieth up all the rivers. The mountains in verse number five quake at him, acquit at him, and the hills are melt, and the earth burn at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation? Uh, who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire. The rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knoweth them that trusteth in him. Thank you for standing and be seated tonight. I want to look at these verses with you for a little while tonight and talk to you out of these verses tonight. I'd have you note in the verses I read tonight, I want you to look at the word Lord. The word Lord here, this mansion here in these verses I read tonight, it's mentioned in this chapter 10 times. And if you'll notice in verse number two, it's mentioned three times. Verse number three, it's mentioned twice. Uh, again, in verse number seven, it's mentioned again. Verse number 11, verse number 12, verse number 14. Uh, he brings out the word Lord, L-O-R-D. And if you notice the word Lord there, uh, if you've got the right kind of Bible, it's capitalized. And it's talking about Jehovah God. Anytime you find the word Lord in the Old Testament, and it's in capital letters, it's always talking about Jehovah God. And, uh, and I want you to notice tonight, it's mentioned here at 10 different times. Now, I was studying this some time ago, and I said to myself, that's interesting that it's mentioned 10 times. Because when you study the Bible this evening, you'll find how numerology or numbers in the Bible that means a lot of things. How, for instance, when you go to number one, it talks about unity. Number two stands for witness. How number three stands for the resurrection. Number four stands for the world. Number five stands for grace. Number six is the number of men. Number seven is completion. How number eight is new beginning. Number nine is fruit of the spirit. But when you come to number 10 tonight, it talks about testimony. Uh, and the number 10 in the Word of God this evening uh, stands for testimony this evening. Uh, and if you study it, quite often the Bible, it gives the number 10. Uh, for instance, in Genesis chapter number one, uh, 10 times the Bible said, and the Lord said. And the Lord said. 10 different times it says that in Genesis one. Uh, and when he got done speaking, look what he said. You see the world and all that dwells herein. 
How you'll find this seed in we, how he healed 10 lepers. You'll find there's 10 commitments. So the number 10 tonight talks tonight about testimony. And I want to talk to you a little while tonight on this song. How the testimony of Jehovah. How the testimony of Jehovah. Now, everybody in this room has testimony. How you have a testimony, you have a testimony. I have a testimony. How whether it's good or whether it's bad, everybody has got a testimony this evening. But uh, I want to talk to you tonight about the testimony of Jehovah. Now, here's what I want to do tonight. Do you mind if I encourage you a little bit? You don't want to preach on hell, do you? So would you mind if I encourage you just a little bit tonight? We're living in a discouraging time. We're living in a discouraging day. Don't watch the news. Because if you do, you and I take extra blood pressure medicine. I get disturbed when I see what's going on in our country. I tell my wife quite often, I can't believe what's happening to America right now. How about it is? So I, I want to talk to you tonight. Though we live in a discouraging time, in a discouraging uh, situation right now, I, I want to encourage your heart a little bit tonight and let you know this evening God knows where you're at. Hey, God knows what I need this evening. So I'm talk to you a little bit tonight about the testimony of Jehovah. Now, <laughs> in 51 years of being saved, I've heard one message in my life out of this book. One. Now, I've heard me preach it several times. But uh, other, than, other than myself, I've heard one guy preach one message how the book of Nahum tonight. How when you said to the book of Nahum and said his name, Nahum means comfort or consolation or full of compassion. Now, get what I just said. His name means comfort, consolation, or full of compassion. And when you look at verse number three, and in verse number seven, what I read tonight, how that's what it is tonight. I'm going to thank God he knows what we need this evening. He knows where we're at tonight. Now, I want to say this about the book of Nahum. It's got three chapters, and it's got 47 verses in those three chapters. And uh, 98% of the book of Nahum is given to the judgment of God. And uh, when I studied it this evening, I thought, this whole book tonight has given totally almost after the judgment of God. Matter of fact, if you study this book, you'll find he pronounces the doom of Nineveh. 150 years after Jonah had revival, God destroyed the city of Nineveh. And uh, because of sin, and, uh, and it's a book of judgment, it's a book of the wrath of God on those that don't do right. But right in the middle, and right in the midst of the wrath of God, like a beacon of hope in a dark, stormy night, God gives you and I some encouragement in this book tonight. Uh, it reminds me of Habakkuk. Habakkuk said this in chapter 3, verse 2. He said, Lord, in the midst of years, in the midst of years, make known in wrath, but remember mercy. And you know what I'm praying for America? I know we're getting what we deserve. Now, will you agree with that? Not doesn't matter to me. How you can't murder thousands of babies every year, 
and God not just country over that. But I, I prayed yesterday in my private place. I said, dear God, do I know we get what we deserve. I know America's in a mess. But in wrath, remember mercy this evening. And I want to say tonight, so it is. And the book of Nahum tonight, <laughs> how the judgment of God. And, and I can't, I can't preach on verse three, and that's what I'm going to preach on, without looking at verse seven. So by way of introduction, look at verse seven. Bible said that the Lord is good. A strong heart on the day of trouble. He knoweth them that trusteth in him. Now I'm going to deal with verse three, but look at verse seven. He gives you three things by way of introduction. First of all, we have a heavenly assurance tonight. You say, what do you mean? Look at the verse. The Lord is, help me. <laughs> Let's do it again. The Lord is, you and I have a heavenly assurance tonight. I want to say this tonight. The Lord is good tonight. Let me ask you a question. What else, what other word could we use to describe the word the Lord tonight? How about to shout? The Lord is good. I don't have no sad stories to tell. I don't have any pity parties to pitch. <laughs> hey, the Lord is good tonight. Praise God. Listen to me. We can start over here with him and go down this side, come up this side, down that side, up this side. And I can ask you this question tonight. Has the Lord been good to you? You now say yes. Because if you said anything other than that, I would say you're lying. But I'll say this tonight. We have a heavenly assurance tonight by way of introduction. Hey, the Lord is good tonight. Praise God. I like this verse right here. Psalm 34 verse 8. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I like this verse right here. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. I like this verse right here. Psalm 145, verse 9. How the Lord is good to all. <laughs> and his tender mercies over all of his works. I say we got a heavenly assurance tonight. The Lord is good. Amen. Hey, I say the Lord is good tonight. Amen. We don't only have a heavenly assurance, but in verse seven, by the introduction, we have a heavenly assistance. Look at the verse. The Lord is good, a strong hold in the day of trouble. We don't only have a heavenly, uh, heavenly assurance, but we have a heavenly assistance tonight. He's a stronghold man. And the day of trouble, my dear friend, and I wish you'd pray for this family, have a real good friend. His name is J.K. Ferris. J.K. Ferris has pastored the Word of God Baptist Church in Westfield for 42 years. I have preached a bunch of revivals right down through the years. Friday morning at 9.30, J.K. Ferris, 73 years old, checked out and went to heaven. He's laid here in the hospital in intensive care. I went in to see him. Don't worry about me. I got 2,500 antibodies, so don't worry about me. And uh, matter of fact, he tested positive, or not positive, but negative. Last, all last week, Corona thing was done gone. He laid here in intensive care. 
His wife is laying in the room next to him. All that separate them is the window. And uh, their two precious daughters and their son. And uh, I stood down with that family yesterday. And I said, we got a stronghold. Hey, hey, we got a stronghold. Hey, we got a stronghold and the dead trouble. Are you listening? We're not promised that we'll not have trouble. Jesus told the disciples, get in the ship and go to the other side. What he did not tell them, what was going to happen from point A to point B. But they did arrive right on time. And I'll say to you tonight, we got to have his sisters tonight. He's a stronghold. He's a stronghold, thank God. That daughter looked at me yesterday and said, Preacher, what in the world does people do that don't have God? And I'll say to you tonight, what does people do that don't have the Lord? Are you hearing me preach tonight? Hey, he would only have heavenly assurance. We have a heavenly assistance. And I'll say this, he's a stronghold. We got, hey, 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 we's a stronghold. In the day of trouble, in the midnight hour, when it looks like everything's going backwards, we got a stronghold. In the day of trouble. Did y'all, y'all ever heard this verse? God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. I'll tell you what that verse don't say. It don't say he's a very present help in the time of trouble. Time's not in there. He's a very present help in trouble. That's right now. That's right now. <laughs> That's right now. I got problems. I got heartaches, but thank God, I got a refuge tonight. I got to get together this introduction. I want to say in verse seven, we have a heavenly assistance. We have a heavenly assurance. But look at verse seven again. Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows them that trusteth in him. He not only a heavenly assurance and a heavenly assistance, but we have a heavenly acquaintance. He knows them. <laughs> if, that, if, if that ever dawns on you, we will have to catch you on the left side of Union Grove School. He knows them. Hey, we got a heavenly acquaintance tonight. He knows me tonight. Bible said in the verse here, and he knows him that trusts in him. The president don't know me, thank God. And the governor don't know me, but I tell you who does know me tonight. He, <laughs> man, he knows where I'm at. He knows my problems. He knows my hardship. He knows everything about me tonight. That's good stuff, but I want to preach out verse three. Notice in verse number three. Preach him three points somewhere sometime. But look at verse three. Bible said in verse number three, Lord is slow to anger, great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. In verse number three, I see the testimony of Jehovah. It's your testimony tonight is something you've either seen, either seen or heard. I've not seen those whom seen, but I have heard. And everything I've heard about him <laughs> is real good. Everything I've learned about him is real good. After reading this Bible 50 some years, 
I've been saved all these years. I tell you the testimony of Jehovah tonight. It's wonderful this evening. Let's, let's examine his testimony. Notice first of all, verse number three. The Lord is slow to anger. I want to say that's a testimony about his pity. His pity. The Lord is slow to anger. You better thank God he is. I I hope y'all get what I'm, I say you better thank God he is. He's a lot more slow to anger than I am. Don't you enjoy driving down the road 65 mile an hour? And some dingling, you'll be up by as close from here to that door. Some dingling pulls straight out in front of you. Goes down the road about two blocks. Turns his right, not his left signal, his right signal. Or his left signal, I should say. His left signal on. Then has to stop while the other cars pass. Now y'all put together that same stuff. I am, don't look at me like that. I'm glad God is slow to anger tonight. He he speaks of his pity. You better thank God a thousand times over that he's slow, (laughs) slow to anger. And can I just say this today? That speaks of the grace of God. That speaks of the mercy of God. You see, grace is getting what we don't deserve. Grace tonight is getting right opposite of what we deserve tonight. And the Bible said the Lord is slow to anger. That speaks of his pity tonight. And I'll say his testimony tonight, it simply means this. It doesn't mean that God tolerates evil. That's not what it means at all. But it does mean he don't fly off handle. Can I use that kind of words here? Do y'all know what flying off handle is? Got any Yankees in here? <laughs> Are you listening to me? He don't fly off handle. And, uh, and I'll just say this tonight. His character and his characteristics is gracious, tender, mercy, kind, loving, long-suffering, God the man, it speaks of his testimony tonight. Had the Lord is slow to anger, it speaks of his pity tonight. I thought about this today when I studied. If we all got what we deserve, there's not one of us would be here tonight. If we all got what we deserve, I don't have to remind you where you would be and where I would be. He wouldn't be sitting in Calvary Baptist Church. He'd be 12 miles beneath this earth in a place called hell and not burning. But I, I'll tell you tonight, God is slow to anger. Have the testimony, the testimony is finished tonight. Listen to this verse right here. Psalm 103, verse 10. He have not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Amen. You better thank God he hadn't. Listen to this verse right here. Psalm 130, verse number three. If the Lord should mark our iniquities, then the psalmist put this in big letters. Oh, Lord, who shall stand? I'm telling you tonight, it speaks of his pity. How the testimony of his pity tonight. The Lord is slow to anger this evening. <laughs> Listen to me. When justice called, thank God mercy answered. 
I, I should have went to hell a long time ago. But with justice called, thank God, mercy went to the door. So I want to say, first of all, in this text tonight, he speaks of the testimony of his pity. But then notice the verse again. The Lord has slowed anger. Look at the next part. And great, what's the next word? In what? In what? In power. You don't only have the testimony of his pity, but you have the testimony of his power tonight. Look at verse number four. He rebuketh the sea. That's a pretty big statement. That's a pretty big statement. My wife and I go down to Oak Island, try to once a year. Oak Island, you see a lot of bald-headed people, a lot of gray-headed people. You don't see women in bikinis. You ever seen a 90-year-old woman in a bikini? And we go where the old people go. And uh, I was preaching in South Carolina some time ago, and we planned to take a couple days to go to Oak Island from there. And I'm standing on the pier of Southport, Oak Island, looking out across the Atlantic Ocean. I thought, man, what a God we serve. What, what a God, look at verse four. He rebuketh the sea. He tells it what to do. He tells it when to move. He tells it when to rage. He tells, are you listening to me? I say it speaks of his power. The testimony of his power, look at verse four. He rebuketh the sea. He maketh it dry and dries up all the rivers. Look at verse 10 or verse number five. The mountains quake at him and the hills melt, <clears throat> melt and the earth yeah, and the earth is burnt at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who shall stand before his indignation? Uh, who can abide in his fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire. And the rocks are thrown down by him. It speaks of his testimony of his power. Hey, listen to me now. We're not serving some old, gray-headed, or bald-headed or some old man that's got dementia, and I'm not mocking people that have it, that, 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 that don't understand what all's going on, but the God that I serve, hallelujah, he's a powerful God. Yes, he is. I say he's a powerful God. Why? Isaiah 40 verse 12 said this. It said he measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. If you'll notice that verse in verse 12, that word hand doesn't have an S. So he measures. Did my grandson come off the platform? <laughs> so he measures. Not both hands, just one. <laughs> I've crossed the Atlantic Ocean 12 times from Boston to Germany. And there's a heap of water. I flew from California to down, where did I go? Down yonder, starts with a B. And uh, uh, the Pacific Ocean, it's got a lot of water in it. And how, how many seas are there? Seven? You go to school? <laughs> she don't know. She's saying that on credit. I'll tell her she's saying it. Seven. And the Bible said that he measures the water and the hollow of his hand. I sure would like to see that hand, wouldn't you? Uh, are y'all here? It's a testimony about his power. What are you worried about getting lost for? 
We're kept by the power of God. I give unto them eternal life. They shall not perish, neither shall any pluck them out of my head. <laughs> Somewhere in that big old hand. Lord, how mercy I feel like running. Are y'all hearing me? <laughs> Somewhere in that big old hand. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which given me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I had a works guy, works believe salvation guy tell me, I know no man can't pluck you out, but you can pluck yourself out. I said, what are you, a female or male? (laughs) Are y'all hearing me preach? He measures the waters. Oh, what a God. He speaks of his power. All the waters of the world has left in his hand tonight. And I'm going to ask you this question tonight. What What are you all upset about tonight? What do you serve about? You see his power in creation. He steps out one day on nothing and speaks worlds into existence. He said, I want Stone Mountain right there. I want the Blue Ridge Mountain right here. I want the Aiken River right here. Uh, I, 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 want, I, I, I want the Smoky Mountains over here. I want the Rockies out here. I, I want the Atlantic Ocean right here. I want the Pacific Ocean out here. Y'all look at me like you don't believe what I'm preaching. I'm telling you, he spoke 10 times. And when he got done speaking, you look at it tonight. What a God, man. You can see his power in creation. You don't only see his power in creation. You see his power in regeneration. Oh, I see it every week just about it. Somebody, somewhere, coming as a repentant sinner, lost without God, and just saved by the grace of God. I witnessed a guy the other day. Dirty. Didn't smell good. The clothes he had on looked like, and I'm not making fun of him, looked like insulated underwire instead of clothes. They had holes in them. He didn't smell good at all. But I introduced him to somebody that could help him with every bit of that. And I believe when you get it in here, it'll come on the outside. And uh, are y'all here? You say, well, preacher, I don't know that I'd fool anybody like that. Jesus would. Amen. Oh, yeah, I said Jesus would. Yes. Two, three weeks ago, I was in Tennessee preaching mission conference. And uh, you know, you know, I'm tell you one of the best mission fields in the world, the motel. Listen, them people come down the hall pushing them buggies. They're not just pushing them buggies, bringing towels and wash right. That's not what they're doing. God's letting them come down through there so you can preach to them. <laughs> so I checked in this motel in Dayton, Tennessee. A little girl named Montana was the lady cleaning my hall. I gave her a gospel track, witnessed to her, talked to her, and left her alone. Talked to her again on Thursday, talked to her again on Friday, give the Holy Ghost a chance to do a work. And on Saturday afternoons, anybody got any, any idea at all what happened to that girl? <laughs> you better believe she got saved. Are, are y'all hearing me? I, I'm telling you, he'd take the vilest of the vilest. He'd take the worst of the worst. He'd take the dirtiest of the dirtiest, and I thank God, and change them, and turn them around. Yes, he can. He speaks of his power, the testimony of his purity, the testimony of his power. You see his power in creation. You see his power in regeneration. But then notice the third thing in this verse. The Bible said in verse number three, 
The Lord is slow to anger, great in power. Aren't you glad of that? He's not weak. He's not feeble. He's not wondering what's going to happen next. (laughs) Brother Abel, this is awful. I can remember well 60 years ago. But I can't remember where I put my keys last night. You got the same problem. I'll tell you where you're looking. But can I tell you something tonight? The God that we serve is not that way. I'm telling you his power is not diminished. I'm telling you what's happening in this world is not, it's not caused his power to be diminished at all. I'm, I'm glad I know him, but better still, I'm glad he knows me. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. I got to preach. Look at verse three. The Lord is slow to anger, great in power. Get this next part. And will not acquit the wicked. That's an interesting word. I'll say it don't only the testimony about his purity or testimony about his pity, testimony about his power, but he says in this verse, will not acquit the wicked. That speaks of his purity. And uh, that speaks of his purity tonight. And let me just say this tonight. He is a holy God. Let me tell you what that word means. It's the same word that we use the word acquittal. In the courtroom, the judge says, he declares an acquittal. He turns him loose. You set free. You're able to go. No charges against you. You're set free. Your record's clean. Acquittal. Are you listening to me? And, uh, and you know what he's saying in this verse? It speaks of his, it speaks of his purity tonight. He will not acquit or acquittal. Uh, those, those that are weak, let me tell you something tonight. We may turn rapists loose, but he don't. We may turn murders loose, but he don't. How uh, We may turn thieves loose, but he don't. How uh, We may turn drug addicts loose, but he don't. He's a pure, listen now, that speaks of his purity. The God that I serve is a holy, 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 holy God. Speaks of his purity. Man hanging on the cross. Heaven's best. Heaven's jewel. Heaven's pride. The very best of heaven. Hanging on a cross. God sent his son to hang and die and pay the sin debt. And to be that sacrifice for you and I. And you know what? Our heavenly father is so holy that while his son is hanging on the cross and my sin and your sin was put on him, God is so holy. He blacked her out for three hours on earth. Are y'all hearing me preach? That's a holy God tonight. And I'll tell you something tonight. I know we're living in a generation that let come what may, let people do whatever. I, I, I realize that tonight. Feel good generation, all that. But the God that we serve is a pure and holy God. Oh, he's holy tonight. Hallowed be thy name. Blessed be his name. Of the call, he's so holy this evening. In this book, the book of Nahum, chapter one, you see the jealousy of God. Chapter two, you see the judgment of God. In chapter three, you see the justice of God. And I'll just say this tonight. He speaks of his purity tonight. Don't forget he's a holy God. Don't, don't listen to him in that. Holy, holy, holy. And by the way, when we get to heaven, we're going to hear a lot about that. 
uh, when they fell before him, they cried, holy, holy, holy. Oh, what a holy God. I, I, know, I know I'm from the old generation. And, and I know somebody said you was with the covered wagon generation, all that. I know all that. But I know this tonight, the God of this Bible is a pure God. He's a holy God. Not a whole mess, but a holy God. Boy, some of the garbage that's going on in some of these clubs that's called churches. Are y'all with me tonight? Isn't it amazing? While the choir was singing, I don't see any steam pipes coming out right there. <laughs> Are you listening to me? All this smoke and all this garbage. I'm preaching good. Y'all look at me strange. I want to tell you the God that we serve tonight is a holy God. You cannot improve. If you want to worship God, you can't improve on the singing you got at Calvary Baptist Church. Now, if you want boom, boom down in the valley, all that mess, who run around with your wife last night and who got drunk yesterday, just go to some of these other places called churches. You say, preacher, I can't believe you said that. I ain't taking it back. Are you hearing me? We serve a holy God tonight. Oh my, it's a testimony about his purity. It's a testimony about his power. It's a testimony about his pity. But I love this part. Look at verse three. The Lord is slow to anger. By the way, is it okay if I preach the Bible? Okay, here we go. The Lord is slow to anger, great in power, and will not acquit the wicked. Watch this part. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind. You know what that word is? Storm, hurricane. And listen to this. You see his testimony about his pity, his power, his purity. But look at the verse. He has his way in the whirlwind. I want to say it's a testimony about his purpose. Life sometimes doesn't seem fire. Believe me tonight, life does not seem fire. I stood with that family yesterday. I did not go where people's got corona, so I promise you I didn't. I got more sense than that. I don't, I don't want to be around that stuff. It really is real whether you believe it or not. You don't believe it, go spend eight days in the hospital. Where I, but it, I, I, let's get off that. But here's what I started to say. I stood with that family yesterday. I thought, this is not right. And their daughter said to me yesterday, she said, preacher, I almost got angry at God. I don't understand this. My daddy's been preaching 42 years. My mama's laying in there and might not live through the night. I don't understand this. Let me tell you something tonight. He has his way in the whirlwind. Hear what I'm getting ready to say. Your life may seem like a storm this evening. The hurricanes may be coming in in your life tonight. And it might look like your whole world is crumbling down around you this evening. By the way, just one phone call, one text can change your life tonight. Are you hearing me? But I'll tell you this tonight. It's a testimony about his purpose. He has his way in the whirlwind. Yeah. Why? Preacher, why is all this happening to me? What's going on in my life? 
You're asking the wrong question. It's not why is this happening and why, but what? What am I going to get out of this? What is it you're trying to do? What is it you're trying to show me? I'm going to give this real quick. <clears throat> Just one thing better than having grandchildren. That's great grandchildren. Y'all see Ezekiel this morning? He'll be back in a few days preaching down here. I know the preacher's going to get him. He's two years old this week. <laughs> yeah. Boy, he, I'm telling you, Lord, have mercy. I never will forget my wife made mention of it a while ago when he got sick and went to the hospital. Of course, they sent him to the Baptist hospital. We feared the worst. And I was down in my garage behind my house. I have a man cave. Do you have one? You don't. And I love going down there just getting to myself. And I was down in my man cave. I was down in my garage. And the call come about a little Ezekiel. And the worst of what we thought would happen other than dying happened. I sat down on a bag of fertilizer and I guess I probably cried for an hour. I guess I was probably having somewhat of a pity party and I did not understand it. I did not understand it and I told the Lord that. And I said, but Lord, you know best. I don't, I, I, I just know this. I just know this. When I can't track you, I can trust you. I, I know that. I've done come through too many storms to know that you don't do, that you always do right. He's too holy to do wrong and he's too wise to make a mistake. And I said, Lord, I don't understand all this. And for the next two or three weeks, God began to work in my heart, in my family's heart. God didn't fix the problem altogether, but he fixed us for the problem. And I want to tell you something tonight. He does right. He all, hallelujah. He always does right. And I'll tell you tonight, it's a testimony about his purpose. He has his way in the whirlwind. Preach, I don't understand it. Well, come here a minute. If you could understand God, you'd be smarter than him. I'd hate to think that we got a God that we can figure out. You can't figure him out. He's so far ahead of us that it's unbelievable. And he has his way in the whirlwind. What do you want, Lord? What do you want to teach us? What do you want to show us? I know you do right. I know you always do right. Mm. He testimony about his purpose. And I'll tell you something tonight. There's not a one of us in this room that's exempt from trouble. You say, well, I'm a born-again Christian. I am too. You say, I tithe. I do too. You say, I give to missions. I do too. You say, I win souls. I try to do too. But I'll tell you something. If his own disciples and the apostle Paul had problems, do you think you and I are not going to have problems? But I'll tell you something tonight. I know the problem solver. I know the problem fixer. I know the one to go to. And if he don't fix the problem, he'll fix me. 
Hey, oh yes, are you hearing me? He has his way tonight in the whirlwind. I close with this. Good night. That's a good looking clock. Look at this verse. <laughs> it's a testimony about his pity. It's a testimony about his power. It's a testimony about his purity. It's a testimony about his purpose. I may have saved the favorite part to the last. Watch it. Lord is slow to anger, great in power, and will not at all quit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. Watch his part. And the clouds <laughs> are the dust of his feet. That speaks of his person. It's a testimony about his person. Look at the verse. The clouds are the dust of his feet. I was flying out west some time ago to preach. We flew out of Charlotte and it was cloudy and storming. We got up about 10,000 feet and got above those clouds. And somewhere between North Carolina and Lincoln, Nebraska. It never did clear up. It just, it just, and, and it looked like you've ever flew an airplane. You know what I'm talking about. It looked like you just opened the door and just get out and just walk. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, just stepping on the clouds. By the way, I am going to do that one day. It looked like you just, just step on the clouds. And I'm telling you, have you ever seen an old-fashioned preacher shout on an airplane? I about had a spell. I looked out there and I thought about this verse. The clouds are the dust of his feet. And I thought, he's awake. He moved his foot. (laughs) If he measures the waters... And the hollow of one hand and the clouds is the dust of his foot. Think about what I'm saying. Look at all the clouds. Job talks about in the book of Job. First 37 chapters or first 36 chapters I should say is question after question after question after question. But when you come to chapter 37 and 38 God says to Job, you be quiet now. Now, I want to ask you some questions. And Job begins to ask, God begins to ask Job a series of questions. Y'all read it sometime. Man alive, it'll bless your heart. But it talks about in Job 37, 30, or 37, 38, 39, about what the Lord did. It talked about frost is the breath of Jehovah. My wife and I, we don't have no young ones at home anymore. Just have one. A little black one. Got four legs. Got a tail about this long. Miniature schnauzer. I used to preach again that. Having them dogs in the house. I promise you, you get old things will change. I was walking Bella back spring of the year before it got warm. And I was coming up the road. We built a new house three years ago and 
the warehouse is set, and if there's any frost, you'll see it. I walked her down the street where we live and turned around and started walking back up. And when we got back towards our house, I saw the roof of our house. And me and Bella both had a shouting fit. Have you ever seen a minotaur snouter shout? I'm talking about getting up on both legs, wobbing that little tail. Ruff, ruff, ruff. Are y'all hearing me? And the reason she was shouting was because here's what I said to her. I said, Bella, he ain't dead this morning. He's breathing. Look at the top of our house. Solid white with frost. The frost is his breath. <laughs> what are we disturbed about? What are we all upset about? The God, are y'all listening to me preach tonight? The clouds are the dust of his feet. Man. <laughs> I take one foot, I'll wear nine double E or nine half regular. So whichever one you buy, I'll take. So <laughs> I take my nine double E and the name heel, I put them out of business pretty quick, one foot. But it's just kind of a little, little puff. But buddy, when he moves his foot, <laughs> Are y'all listening to me? The testimony of Jehovah. Will you come to this piano so I quit preaching? The testimony (laughs) of Jehovah. I'll tell you this tonight. We have a wonderful God. We have a great God. Life don't seem fair sometimes. Life seems cruel. And so hurtful. But I'm so glad the God that I serve tonight. Man. Knows what we need. Let's stand together. Father, as we stand to our feet and they begin to play the instruments, I pray the Holy Spirit will work in our hearts tonight. Lord, may we cast all of our cares upon you because there's not anything too hard for thee. God, may we bring our burdens and our cares and our heartaches. Lay them at your feet tonight. What a God. What a God. What a God. What a wonderful testimony Jehovah has tonight. And I pray you'll take this simple little thought out of the minor prophets tonight and encourage your people. Lord, would you speak to hearts? Help somebody get encouraged tonight. Then most of all, if there's somebody here lost tonight, I pray the Spirit of God will finger around their heart. This will be the night they'll realize their need of God and they'll trust Christ tonight. Our heads are bowed and nobody looking around. I wonder who it is here tonight. Maybe God spoke to your heart. Maybe things are going on in your life right now you don't understand. Maybe God spoke to you tonight and you just want to raise your hand and say, Preacher, I got some needs tonight. I don't always understand, but I know He always does right. I need prayer tonight. Would you help me pray for him? I'll raise it real high and I'll pray for you. How about it? I'll hold the bill and I'm looking. I'm looking. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Others tonight. If you want to come bow around the altar, be a good time to do it right now. Be a good time to bring them cares to Christ right now. Them problems to Christ right now. Before I pray, I want to ask one more question. Here it is. If you're here and you're not saved tonight or you're not sure, 
Will you let me right now pray for you? Preacher, I'm not saved. I'm not sure I'd go to heaven if I died tonight. Would you pray for me right now? I will if you raise your hand. I won't embarrass you. I'll pray for you. Preacher, I'm not saved. I'm not sure. Pray for me. Anybody anywhere? Anywhere. Now, Father, I pray meet every need around the altar. Others that raise their hands. God, do the work that you so desire to do tonight. I'm glad we've got a helper. I'm glad we've got a help in trouble, trouble, trouble. Thank you. Thank you for such a wonderful, wonderful testimony. Thank you for being our Savior. Meet every need. I pray for Pastor Pope. I pray for Miss Tammy. God, please give them a good time. Give them a restful time. Work in their lives. Pray again you'll bless this church, God. And I know you have and I know you are. And I pray you'll meet every need tonight. I pray in Jesus' name.